Welcome to Matt and Quinn Watch a Things' very last episode of season one. Hey, welcome to Matt and Quinn Watch a Thing. I'm Matt. Usually, there uh, during that little pause, um, Quinn would say, uh, "I'm Quinn." And we'd announce whatever we'd watched uh, that week and what we were going to talk about. But Quinn, unfortunately, is not here. Uh, It's summertime. Uh, She's a child. So she's actually gone to summer camp. And uh, we found a pretty exciting camp for her. Um, It's called the Administrative Assistance Fantasy Camp. And uh, the brochure um, was just, I mean, mind-blowing. I mean, think of all the things that administrative assistants do in uh, the office where you work or offices you've seen on TV or in your nightmares. And um, it's that all summer long. And uh, boy, if there had been administrative assistant fantasy camps when I was a kid, I would have been champing at the bit, as they say, to go. you know, unfortunately, I spend most of my summers uh, inside playing Nintendo and eating uh, cheese balls. So, um, not a lot of great memories there. <laughs> a lot of oh, I got to go to a lot of movies with my mom too. <laughs> Lame, right? Um, but you know, imagine a camp where what are, what are some of the things they do here? Um, filing. Uh, I love filing. I mean, if you looked at my comic book collection, uh, that that's just a skill that I've acquired. Um, myself, if I would have learned it at camp with other, you know, excited campers, uh, that would have made it even more fun. But filing, uh, paper shredding, um, very important. Um, uh, answering phone calls in a timely fashion. Well, that's, well, I mean, you can, that's, that's a whole, that's a skill a lot of people don't have anymore. Um, and so many other, uh, administrative assistant, um, cent, uh, centric, uh, Events. Uh, I think what what is the the neatest to me is all that paper shredding they do uh, at the beginning of camp. Uh, at the at the at the end of camp, they have a huge bonfire down by the lake, and they use all those documents they shredded to be kindling for the fire. And um, I thought that's really um, I think that's really neat and fun. And so I know Quinn's gonna have a great summer at camp. But that leaves me to do the last um, episode of season one. As you know, um, actually you don't know, each season uh, will uh, encapsulate a year of, uh, of Quinn's life, pretty much. So she is going to be turning 10 very soon. I think we alluded to that in a previous episode. So this is going to be the last episode of um, season one. Um, and uh, I know she was disappointed that she couldn't be here, um, but because it's just me... Um, we're going to do something a little more adult this time. You know, I watch something that our, our adult listeners might be interested in. You know, no more of the Nickelodeon um, sitcoms and no more of the uh, unicorns. You know, those are fun. Those are fun and great. I've had a lot of good times with the unicorns. But um, no, this time we're doing something a little more for uh, our older listeners. So younger listeners, you're welcome to listen in. As usual, this is a family podcast. There's not many swears, uh, no descriptions of uh, anything disturbing. But we will be talking about the four-part documentary series on Netflix called Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. 
Now, if you don't know about the Son of Sam case, kids, uh, I would advise you to get your parents' permission, then head over to the internet, probably Wikipedia, um, and uh, do a little research. Um, find out what it is, what happened, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and, you know, if your parents aren't around, you know, you know, just do it and then keep it to yourself. Uh, no. <laughs> that should be edited out. Um but anyway, uh, it's a very interesting document documentary, and I think I'm going to spend, you know, maybe we'll do an extra long episode, because um, I really want to get into the nitty-gritty of this, uh, the case, and what this documentary, the theories it sets forth. It's very intriguing, very interesting, and I think you, to really understand it, we first need to set up what exactly New York City was like at that time. This would be in kind of the beginning, 1974, 75. You know, New York City, you know, you think of it now and you think of the bright lights and Broadway and, and Ryan Seacrest watching the ball drop on uh, New Year's Eve. But it was really just a crime-ridden, trash-filled, you know, hellscape. Um, and uh, not a great place to live or visit. Uh, or go, or, you know, um, spend some time in walking around, uh, because you were probably going to get uh, mugged, uh, you may get murdered, but you are going to get covered in trash. Um, you know, all this, it's funny, talking about all the trash actually reminds me of this time that uh, uh, Quinn had... Um, she had gotten this uh, present. It was a candy-making kit, and it was candy that looked like uh, sushi, and uh, she made it. And um, and then we were going to have a little taste test. And so we did. Hi, welcome back to another edition of Matt and Quinn Eat-A-Thing. I'm excited because it's fun to eat, and Quinn kind of took the took the uh, initiative today and she has prepared what have you prepared i have prepared us sushi candy you, sushi oh <laughs> <laughs> i gotta tell you i'm looking at the sushi there's three kinds what are the three kinds you've prepared there is salmon row um tuna and yellow i mean an egg and yellow oh okay so it's like the tamago <laughs> I was say yellow, yeah i was gonna say yellow uh tail but then well, I'll tell you something. First and foremost, I want to do this. That's me giving you a round of applause because they really look like actual sushi. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna, Except for that one. I'm going to ask you. Well, I'm going to ask you to describe how you made it and everything. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention that while Quinn was making this um, lifelike candy sushi, I was hungry, so I had a little snack. So I wanted to have some classic <laughs> chips and salsa. So you may be asking yourself, hey, Matt, I would like some classic chips and salsa, but what if what if all I have left are, like, the crumbs at the bottom of the chip bag? Don't. Well, well here's what you do. Don't tell anybody. You fill a bowl up with salsa, then you dump the chips, you dump the chip crumbs into the bowl of salsa, give it a cute few quick mixes, and then you can eat it like cereal. And that's what I ate while Quinn was making this. It was so really, stupid. really delightful. Well, don't call it stupid. That's very rude. It's, it's what people do when... Um, you know, they they want a snack, and it, they can't exactly get what they want, but they can put something together. So I call that uh, uh, chips and salsa cereal. Don't add milk. Ew. I guess you could add milk. Ew. <laughs> then mash it into a paste. Quinn, why don't you tell us, um, we're going to do a little taste test of these um, sushi candies. Where did you get this? Uh, 
this stuff. And what is it called? It's called poppin' cooking. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, poppin' cooking. I think it's like a Japanese thing. Or it's yeah. Yeah, made in Japan, and it's do-it-yourself candy for kids. Uh, allegedly, no there's no baking, and it's so cute, so fun, is what I said. Oh Was God. it fun? Yes. Was it cute? Not really. <laughs> no, I'm, it's remarkably... We'll put Look a at it compared to this. Well, it's okay. It doesn't. No, look at so my Quinn's, salmon. Compared Quinn's comparing to this. the uh, box to what she's done, and it looks it looks right on to me. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a high grade for looks. Um, Thank you. But uh, so tell us, um, we're gonna do a taste test, and which one do we want to try first? I want to try the tamago. Tamago. Why don't you tell us what went into making the tamago? Like, what did you do? Water and food pack. Food packets? Well, this is truly living in the future. So wait, so what was in this box when you popped it open? When I, I had a tray okay. and a bunch of like packets of candy mix. Candy mix, okay. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. So to make the rice, you took water and you put it in this little cylinder. Not the whole thing, but this little cylinder in it. Mm -hmm. Then you put some of the rice in it. And you mix it. When you say it's, rice, it's this, it's this candy, candy powder. powder. <laughs> and then you mix it, and then and then it gets really thick, and it turns into, like, a ricey texture type thing. Okay. And it's kind of sticky, but it's not super sticky, so that when you put it on your fingers, it won't get stuck. Okay. Well, it do certainly does look like a piece of omelet on um, oh, and then on rice, because I've seen this sort of uh, thing before, and I've had it before. For the omelet? You took yeah. water, okay, and you put it in a certain section where it had like a groove type pattern. On okay, it, right, like squares and then smaller squares inside. Okay, and then you put the water in. I was going to ask you how you got those patterns on there to like a water to like a certain line, sorry, uh -huh. not to a water. And then you took the um packet and you put the candy packet in. Then you smoothed it out and you waited for three minutes and it turned into like a jelly. And how how long did you have to bake it? No baking! That is so cute and so fun. Um, do you know, Has is there any indication on the box what flavor this is going to be? Is it no. supposed to taste like sushi? No. Okay. It's supposed to taste like candy. Remember they told you that when I got it. Who My told My friends. Oh, okay. Remember they were like, it's not supposed to taste like sushi, it's supposed to taste like candy. Oh, I see. The people who gave it to her told us that. I thought you meant representatives from the Pop and Cookin' Company. No. <laughs> I've never talked. Well, let's try this already. Let's. What are we? What are we I babbling about? So this is the tamago sushi. Scared. <laughs> it's yeah. It's kind of like a gelatin, and the rice is is really weird. Quinn's scared. She made it, but I'm gonna pop it in my mouth and let's see what happens. Well. It's weird. We're, yeah, what are your initial thoughts? It's weird. Weird? I really like it. <laughs> so you don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, now what Quinn's done is she's taken the uh, omelet part off and is eating that and has removed the rice. I will tell you, the rice is very, very strange. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Can I have a little, let me, can I try it by itself? Yeah. I want to see if it has any flavor by itself. It's odd. The texture's odd. It's not yeah, I think I'm just gonna eat the toppings off things. It's not gummy or anything. It's just weird. It's like it's like I imagine if we were to eat a cloud. <laughs> it's not very sweet. It's just 
It's strange. It's like it's like or it's like eating lint out of the <laughs> of the dryer. Um, and what would could you? And it sort of has a bubblegum taste. I'm getting. Or was that the tamago? Tamago. Okay, so it kind of tastes like bubblegum. The rice is is strange. It's not growing on me. I've taken about three bites and I don't like it. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Now this, this is pe- my this ruby red grapefruit is good. There, Quinn has popped a seltzer to wash I, these I blessings down. So the next one is one of my favorite. It has, like, um, chunks in it. One of my favorite sashimis. <laughs> it's tuna. And I think what I'm going to do, too, also, is eat it without the rice, because the rice kind of overpowered everything. So let's try this tuna sashimi. Can't get it off! Let's see what this tastes like. I like this one better. I think it tastes the same as the tamago. This one has more like a... I like, like... The other one had, like, a really weird taste that I can't... I couldn't identify mm-hmm. i like this one because i can kind of identify it identify it for it's me it's kind of like a strawberry all right is is it a strawberry because it looks the color of a strawberry that you're thinking but, it i did try it i just ate one i think it tastes no. so yours tastes different <laughs> i think if i picture strawberries like you've put the idea of strawberries in my head i can find it it's definitely some kind of berry again this the taste isn't strong it's subtle, and the texture is really weird, and I do not like it. But let, I'm going to, just because there's a huge chunk of rice oh here, I'm going to take a little bite of it again. Do you want, like, really little spoons for these? Yeah. Because they, like, pop open really easy. Okay. Yeah, I don't like this. It's very, very bad. <laughs> if this is candy in Japan, I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip that. However, Quinn, you don't ever look at anything. Look at this. We said bubblegum and strawberry. Apparently, these are supposed to be grape and soda flavored. Okay. So let me, let me, I can maybe detect a little soda in this rice. Yeah, I can. No, I can, yeah. I can detect the grape in these. Okay. Maybe I'm seeing that. Well, we're going to try the salmon row now. That was kind of the neatest one, these little, um, these little balls. It was really fun to make. Yeah, use the dropper. Tell us how you made it. Reading off the box. Well, you did it. Why don't you tell us? So first, I filled stuff to the line, to the lines again in certain places, and you need this certain green packet in one so that it actually turns into these like little balls and stays as little balls. Okay. Do we know so, it was in the green packet? Yep. Um. So in the green packet, it doesn't say add powder from the green packet, but I guess it's something that may turn something into. Ball yeah, it's shape. like you know that thing that um they use on kids baking. Where it I do know, but I wish we it. I wish we could sound like we knew what we were talking about yeah. when describing it. Um, yeah, and then you put the orange packet, I think. Yeah, the orange packet into B. Then you took the dropper and you squeeze some in, and then you drop some in the other one, and it kind of turned into these weird looking balls. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks exactly like salmon. Yeah, it does. As far as I'm concerned. Um, I want to point out, too, that Quinn has also made some candy soy sauce, and we have not touched, touched it. it. I am going to have a spoonful of it, just to, just like, so we can be fair here. I'm going to put my spoon in, and then take it out. And look but it. let's eat the salmon roe first, okay. since we've talked about it. And so there's one, she's made one roll here, and it's like got like a seaweed that's actually like... I might try like, the candy. That's like, what's the seaweed? It's, um, it's just candy. It says candy. 
Yeah, it literally says candy, it literally but says it looks like fond- it looks like fondant. I'm gonna try it just because. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna try the salmon roe. Oh, I tried one of these, but I couldn't really. It was actually probably. You know those bursting balls you didn't get to try? Mm-hmm. This is what they kind of were, but like more apple-y. These are kind of fun. I like these. Yeah, these are kind of fun. These are really good. Um, again, good is wait, a weird word to wait. use. <laughs> I I'm not getting grape in this. No, I'm, I'm not getting a different flavor inside the ball. This I'm just getting sweet. Another thing about this candy, since it's all made with water, it's all water based. It's all very wet. Yeah. <laughs> Can I try the some of the seaweed? Yeah, let's try. This is gonna be terrible. Have you ever just eaten fondant? It sucks. So if this is like basically fondant, it's all it's all moist. <laughs> Let's eat this moist. I'm gonna eat this side. Staining everything. Oh, that's bad. It's staining. It tastes really bad. Can you hear me awful? Yeah. <laughs> that's awful. What have we done to you, Japan? <laughs> You've got a big smudge of candy on your face. This is not candy, folks. This is this is a this is an act of aggression. Can you hand me another napkin? <laughs> Yeah, it's gross. It has a really... You put it in your mouth and at first it's a little sweet and then it has like an aftertaste of like garbage. Yes. Our cat. No, yeah, of cat. It sort of tastes like cat litter. Okay, let me try this candy soy sauce. I got a spoon here. I'll try it too. I'm going to try this because we avoided it. The whole time. And this tastes like water. <laughs> I... So basically they wanted you to dip your candy that's wet and moist. Yeah. Into water. It's not even you though. It just tastes like water from the tap. So, um, all right, I don't let's think I our, got enough of the packet in there. Let's give our reviews of um, Poppin' Cookin's um, Sushi So Cute and So Fun Do It Yourself Candy for Kids, um, The Egg Tuna and Salmon Row. Um, oh, God. <laughs> she's, squishing the, she's squishing some of the rice. It's just oozing water. And there's a stench coming off of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so uh, my my review is uh, the lowest it can be. It's very Wait. bad. It's not satisfying can- as candy. It's not satisfying as um, water. <laughs> but uh, Qu- I think Quinn had a lot of fun eating I it. Idea. I'd rather have another bowl of um, uh, chips and salsa cereal. Me too. <laughs> oh, see, and you made fun of me at the beginning of this. Um, How so- dare you? Let's rate them one by one because I have no, one. No, my, my review is for all of them. You can okay. rate them one by one. The yellow, zero. Tuna, zero. The other one, the last one, one because the, the balls, the are balls fun. were fun. Balls are fun. I think yeah. that's what we've learned here today. Candy in ball form is fun. Uh, so this was Matt and Quinn doing another edition of Matt and Quinn Eat a Thing. Um, and Quinn cannot stand it anymore. Adios. And now here comes Matt and Quinn puke into a thing, and that thing is a toilet. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> hey, you gotta clean this up. What? Matt and Quinn Watch a Thing Season 2 is fastly approaching. So, you know, if you want to write to us and recommend something for us to watch and talk about we would love that and you can get in touch with us by writing to heymattandq at gmail.com 
Um, we're looking for suggestions for things to wa- things to watch in season two, and uh, maybe we'll choose yours. Um, let me give you an example of you know the kind of emails we're looking for when you're uh, suggesting something. I've got two emails here in the inbox. Uh, this one is from an anonymous listener. It says, "Hi Matt and Quinn. Hi, uh, could you please do an episode on the Mandalorian?" I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Sure, we could look into doing an episode about The Mandalorian. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, We have another email here um, from a listener named Dakota. And she says, hi, Matt and Quinn. I love the podcast. And I have a recommendation that for your next episode, you do an episode on the show The Mandalorian. Love the podcast, Dakota. Well, thanks, Dakota. And thanks for listening. And uh, uh, thanks for the suggestion, The Mandalorian. Uh, so that's two suggestions for the Mandalorian. So I feel like we kind of have to do that or, um, our listeners are going to be extremely disappointed and could react violently. Um, so remember if you'd like to suggest something for us to watch, uh, in season two, uh, please write to us at heymattandq at gmail.com and we'll try very hard to watch what you recommend. And, uh, we know that you want to hear about the Mandalorian. So please, uh, no more, no more of that. Thank you. So Sons of Sam, A Descent into Madness, is really the story of investigative journalist Maury Terry. Um, he had a theory that uh, David Berkowitz did not act alone. In fact, he had several accomplices um, for these uh, these shootings of his. Uh, and in fact, um, he believed that it was all connected to a... Um, nationwide satanic cult um, that they were um, orchestrating shootings and murders all over um, the United States at the time. In fact, he even suggested a connection to Charles Manson and Charles Manson's group out in California. Um, So this was a theory he really pushed. He really wanted to solve um, this crime. And, um, you know... (laughs) That uh, that kind of reminds me of the time uh, Quinn and I um, uh, tried our hand at solving uh, cat crimes. Uh, I remember um, it was like a couple months ago. All right, now it's time to solve some very pressing cat crimes. Uh, Cats commit crimes... And uh, specialists are needed to come in and solve these cat crimes. And one of the things Quinn and I are studying to be uh, are experts in cat... uh, Inauguration. Cat inaugurations. You know, like when cats become president. No, no, cat criminology. Yes. So so to help us, we have this um, program called Cat Crimes. And Quinn, would you walk us through cat crimes? In fact... I'm going to try to solve a uh, cat crime here, and then Quinn is also going to solve a cat crime, and that'll help us see, you know, if we're prepared to, uh, you know, maybe make this, uh, maybe make a living out of it. Okay. If there's one thing I know, it's that cats are basically furry criminals. So there's enough cat crimes, unsolved cat crimes, (laughs) to last us. For years. So, Quinn, is there a specific cat crime you wanted me to try and uh, and solve? 
this you, day. Since you've never tried one of these before. I'm a novice at solving cat crimes. <laughs> we're going to start you off with beginner number one. Okay, so this so, is a okay, so this is a minor crime. What what kind of crime are we talking here? So, uh, the crime you're trying to solve: which cat ruined the shoes? Ruined the okay. That seems like a minor crime. Okay, gotcha. So a, a cat ruined the shoes, and are there some uh, are there some uh, you know usual suspects? Um, let's read the uh, let's read the clues. Okay. Ready? Sure. Okay. Mr. Mittens and Pipsqueak were upstairs sleeping. All right. So first of all, like I wanted, I wanted like like the movie I alluded to, Usual Suspects. Let's drag in all the usual suspects who are known cat criminals in the cat criminal world. Okay. So let's. Uh, I, I like had someone. I had someone round them up. Uh, we rounded up Duchess, Tomcat, Sassy, Ginger. Mr. Mittens and Pipsqueak. And these are the six cats that really keep showing up on our most yeah. wanted forms. So we've dragged <laughs> in the usual suspects. And now if you'll... Uh, so one of these devious criminals, sick, sadistic psychopaths, ruined a pair of shoes. And, we're gonna, and I'm going to try and find out. And Quinn is going to give me the clues we have so far. Quinn is my partner in cat crimes. And when they're sleeping, they're probably... We can kick them out of the room if you want to. When cats are sleeping... Oh, sure. They can be kicked out. Because some cats tend to snore. All right. So, let's see the clues, Officer Quinn. Okay. Mr. Mittens and Pipsqueak were upstairs sleeping. So, when these shoes were being befouled, Mm -hmm. Pipsqueak and Mr. Mittens were upstairs sleeping. As far as we know, they could be throwing up or hocking up hairballs. But uh, your, um, your alibis check out, sirs. So... They are upstairs, so I'm going to let them go back into the cell. Okay. Bye. Bye, kitties. Okay. Tomcat was sitting in front of the catnip and sock. All right. So, Tomcat. Oh, we have a little board here. We have a huge board on the ground, and we're making the cats move to the places. Yeah, because oddly enough, we are, yes. It's easier. Tomcat, it is. Because oddly enough, all these cat crimes seem to happen in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think what would be easy if this person whose whose um, things keep getting ruined, if they would pick their things off of the floor, <laughs> maybe we could solve this cat crime problem. All right, so Tomcat, we he he has sauntered over in front of our um, our earsats uh, pillow and sock. Of course, we're not in the actual room, uh, but we've recreated the room here, yes. as Quinn just said. And uh, he's over there. You have little there. holes so you can tie the leash around. So yes, so, so he is there, and he's currently licking himself in a very intimate area. All right, Quinn, give me the next clue, partner. Sassy was sitting across from Tomcat. All right, so across from Tomcat, I would argue that Sassy was sitting in front of the cup of coffee. Uh, we found a cup of coffee just... On the ground. Ground. <laughs> and we kind of just... Hopefully she doesn't knock it over while she's standing. Is that... Is that um, that is example one of the cup of coffee actual is it well is our example cup of coffee actually filled with coffee? Yeah. Wow. We go for realism. Okay. Is <laughs> it hot? I, I may have um take took water from the sink and dyed it brown. Oh, dyed it brown. I thought the water in our sink was brown. Okay. Okay, so Sassy is now biting her tail over by the cup of coffee. All right. Um Okay, I think so far I'm getting a picture. Okay, let's let's go on. What other clues did you discover? Ginger was sitting next to the fishbowl. So Ginger, so, and that's his, that's his, um. Next to the fish Next bowl. to, okay, so, but that's as clear as our 
our um, officers could get when they yes. looked at the scene. So you see there's a fishbowl, but, there, you know, he could be on the left or the right, correct? He could be on the yarn side right. or with the shoes. Or with the actual so scene of the crime. Know. All right, so Ginger, if you'll just stay in your place right now. Duchess was sitting to the left of Sassy. So if Duchess is to the left of Sassy, Duchess here is, uh, I guess, in front of the birdcage? Or just... What's the left? Okay, look. So if you well, were I know to be... my left from right. <laughs> so if you were to be in Sassy's shoes, which way is... Um, oh, oh, okay. Uh-oh, okay. So, Duchess is also getting very nervous. She won't make eye contact with us. <laughs> Quinn, I think I've solved this cat crime. Can't, can we put Ginger where she's supposed to go now, then? I suppose Ginger would go in front of the ball of, ball yarn. of yarn. Although it doesn't matter. Quinn, get out your tiny feline-sized handcuffs. Duchess, you're under arrest for befouling the shoes of John Doe. Wait, let me make sure... Oh, she's struggling. <laughs> I gotta turn this little card over. They gave me the answer. Oh, someone already figured this out? Oh, I guess, I I'm, know. I guess I'm in training, so I understand. Who perpetrated this horrific crime? Duchess, you are correct. Now, yes, you're going to the electric chair. Where'd my handcuffs? <laughs> I lost my handcuffs. Oh, well, and Duchess just wandered off uh, and out of the precinct. Well, we're not perfect. We're just learning these cat crimes. Wait, Quinn, I'm getting news in my earpiece. Yet another cat crime has been committed, and this time, I would like someone who's got a little more experience than me. I'm a rookie. This is, oh, I've been, just been told this is an intermediate case. Wait, wait, just put it right here so I can't see oh, the gotcha. either. So, um, Quinn, if you will, yes. round up the usual suspects. Okay. Pipsqueak Tomcat, I mean, Pipsqueak Mr. Mittens, you guys can come back in. Uh... Duchess, I forgot to put you in handcuffs. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for wandering back in here. Sassy It's because it kind of smells like fishing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Gross. Yeah, I had a, like, I had some bad, I had a bad tor, a bad torta for lunch. Um, Quinn. What oh, is the crime? Oh, this is a dis you hate you hate to see something like this. It turns your stomach. In fact, I heard two of the officers on the scene threw up. Um, someone. Uh, this is the case of who swallowed the fish. Oh, no. Like, swallowed it or, like, digested it? Well, they're going to digest it eventually. No, like, chewed. Did they chew it? Oh, the Quinn, please, don't make me think of these things. Okay. I know I'm a cat cop, but uh, I still get so squeamish. Okay. <laughs> I'm so used to the cat videos we watched in, in Cat Police Academy. Okay, let's just get started. Let's go. I've never seen these things in real life. All right, so here's what our officers, uh, um, here are their findings. So, um, Sassy, that criminal mastermind, <laughs> was sitting in front of the catnip and sock. Again, if you forgot, all these crimes are oddly committed in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> our, um, our precinct looks over a very specific area. It's... We got Sassy, uh, <laughs> oh, and if, uh... We didn't read the introduction to what the person gave us, so we might want to do that. Can well, we do, do have fast? Uh, well, we do have files on all of these usual suspects. Yes, we do. Um, so you know, sort of, you know, motives, background, uh, you know, eye color. What other things are in there? There's like what they can be identified by: weight, right. height, breed, and age. Oh, okay. Well, what breed is Sassy? Do we know? Sassy is a ragdoll. Uh, I hate to say it, but ragdolls. <laughs> They commit a lot of crime. You know, you know the number one crime that ragdolls usually commit, arson. 
All right. So. Wait, can I read the introduction real fast? Yeah, I guess. Okay. When you sure, agree when to, we're halfway through the bit. <laughs> when you agree to sit, bait, pet sit your neighbor's six cats, you expected a relaxing weekend filled with cuddles and gentle purrs. Of course. Instead, you repeatedly find spilled coffee, broken flower pots, and a missing bird. Which of the six furry fiends was responsible for each cat crime? These cats may be stealthy, but they've got nothing on your logic deduction skills. With a little problem solving, you'll be able to use cat traits, paw prints, toy placement, and the location of other items to figure out exactly where each cat was sitting at the time of the crime. In short order, you'll be able to name the culpable cat. Hmm, gotcha. So my question is this. Where did our friend, who we're cat sitting for, find these six criminal cats? I have no idea. But you know what? I have a lot of respect for whoever this person is. Because to take in cats with, you know, these pasts, these criminal pasts, yeah. it takes a special person. Um, I couldn't do it. All right. So, so far for you, for this horrible case of who swallowed the fish. We got Sassy tied up in front of the catnip and right. sock. And trying to attack the catnip, but still surprisingly chewing at her tail. So when this horrible crime was, she loves that tail. She really does. <laughs> this horrible crime, during this horrible crime, Ginger was not sitting next to a cat wearing a bell, nor a cat with white paws. So I'm going to look at their files. Seems a little racist. <laughs> Let's look who has... Ginger wasn't sitting next to someone with a white paws or a bell. So let's look. White Paws is Sassy, so she was not sitting next to Sassy. I've, I've been watching them. They they do not like each other. Yeah, We've had them in the lineup. Or Mr. Mittens. All right, Mr. Mittens wears a bell. That's his. Or Pipsqueak. You know, when you think of Batman's so rogues can... gallery, Two-Face has, you know, two faces. She Joker can... has that green hair and the crazy laugh. Mr. Mittens known for his bell. And his yeah, love of Ginger, murder. <laughs> Ginger really doesn't like bells. They annoy her. Yeah, Ginger is a little trouble. So by she bells. can only be next to Tomcat or Duchess. Okay. Let's keep going. All right, here's another clue. Pipsqueak was sitting three seats from Tomcat. We don't know where Tomcat is yet. My brain is already in so much pain. I have such a headache. <laughs> and I'm solving this. Ginger was sitting across from Sassy. Ginger was sitting across from Sassy. So we have placed Ginger in front of the coffee cup. Don't knock it over. Then we'll have to clean brown um, brown water off this beautiful beach carpet. Is it brown because of food coloring or brown because of poop? Food coloring. Okay. No, we let the we let the cats poop in the <laughs> poop in the water before we mixed it up. No. Pipsqueak was not sitting in front of a mouse. So Pipsqueak cannot sit in front of the yarn. Nor the birdcage. And I want to tell you something. Don't let Pipsqueak's adorable he's face... He's so cute. Like, it, let that's you think what it he's says not in, a dangerous criminal. That's seriously what it says in its file. Did you read all the files? You weren't supposed to read all of them. Oh, I wrote that. I wrote Pipsqueak's file. I, I, um, I did like a... Are you uh, Pipsqueak's owner? I did one of those FBI psychopath profiles on Pipsqueak. <laughs> Pipsqueak is maybe the most dangerous cat here. Okay, finally, Duchess was sitting next to Pipsqueak. Duchess was sitting next to Pipsqueak. We don't know where Duchess goes yet. Well, now it's time to do some Go Dick Tracy-style deducing. Sassy was sitting in front of Catnip and Sock. That we know without yes. a doubt. 
Ginger was not sitting next to a cat wearing a bell, nor a cat with white paws. So she can only be sitting next to Duchess or having a hard time. Tomcat! Okay. Pipsqueak was sitting three seats from Tomcat. Three seats from Tomcat. We don't know where Tomcat is yet. Ginger was sitting across Wait, from... Wait, the only place that would make sense for three spaces from Tomcat would be here, because you can't go... It, either way, it would be... Pipsqueak would be here, because if you put him here... One, two... Oh, wait. If you put Tomcat here... This is a brilliant mind at work, folks. One, two, three. Or if you put her here... One, one, two, three. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where... Who was it, you said? Like, who was three seats from Tomcat? Pipsqueak. Okay. No, I don't... I still want to figure out how where Mr. Mittens and Duchess go. Could you read clues with Mr. Mittens and Duchess? Yes. Duchess was sitting next to Pipsqueak. Still either side. Um, what's the other one you wanted me to say? Uh, Mr. Mittens. He's not mentioned here at all. Okay. Let's put Duchess here. And Mr. Mittens. Now, what you've done here is makes wrong. perfect sense to me. Is I saw the card, it's Ginger. But Ginger committed this horrific fish-swallowing crime. How? I guess they're saying that... that um, Let me see where Tomcat is. Tomcat, you have in the right place. Then what do they mean? That's not three seats. That's one. This is... Who put, <laughs> who put together this cat crime? <laughs> who wrote these clues? Well, that's the way it is here at Cat Crime Academy. You win some and you lose some. That's not right, though. Like, I need to write a, uh, but whenever, a letter to the company. Well, whenever a cat commits a crime, you know who really loses? Who? Society. And in this case, the fish that was swallowed whole. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back uh, in just a second. Oh boy, I mean, that's about all the time we have left on the show. I feel like I talked less about the movie than usual. I mean, usually when Quinn's here, we barely talk about the movie we watched. Uh, I always thought she was kind of the distraction um, with her cartwheels and such, but turns out I'd get just as distracted without her being here. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed the first season of Matt and Quinn Watch a Thing, and... Um, you know, season two is, is on the way. Got a lot of good stuff planned. Also, um, we're asking for suggestions from you and, uh, we, we'd love to talk about some of the things that you love. So, uh, let us know. And, uh, Oh, would you, I can't believe this. It's a letter from Quinn from camp. Oh man. I love kids letters from camp. Uh, let's, let's see what we got here. Um, Oh, boy. Wow. Okay, uh, so we'll end the episode with this letter um, from Quinn at camp. I'm sure she'd want it that way. Um, it says, Dear Father. Dear Father, I have never questioned your love for me. Never until you ma banished me to the hellscape. That is the administrative assistance fantasy camp. 
The only fantasy I have is to escape this from this unending nightmare. Our sleeping quarters are not the pristine cabins presented in the camp brochure, but rather dilapidated cement structures with dirt floors that team day and night with insects whose only occupation appears to be biting human flesh. The food is a cruel joke, indistinguishable from vomit-laden sawdust and dryer lint. It smells vaguely of weak old fish and cat litter. The staff, I am convinced, is comprised by, of members of an actual criminal enterprise. They have instructed us not to read the documents. We are forced to shred day and night, but I have snuck a peek, and I believe I have now become a part of a vast criminal conspiracy. Why have you done this to me, Father? What have I done to offend you and Mother? Please save me from this place. Each day I grow more and more hopeless. A kid asked about the end of Camp Bonfire yesterday, and our counselor, Vinny the Knife, just laughed at him. The bonfire has been a beacon of hope for many of us, and to learn that it is mere it is a mere hoax has proved too much to handle for many of my fellow campers. Please, Father, I beg you, liberate me from administrative assistant fantasy camp before it's too late. Sincerely, Quinn. <laughs> Kids' letters from camp. All right, bye. Get out of here, man. You're weird.